Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. My fellow Chelsea supporters, welcome to the Blue Day podcast, where every day is a blue day. I am your host, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. On today's show, because there is no decent football on at all, we will be going through our all-time favourite 11. So join me to go through this is my co-host as usual. He's the Londoner, living it large up north. He's the man that loves a palmo. And he also loves a wolf whistle at that. He's your friend and mine. He's Warren. Warren, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much, Keith. Always on top form with the intros, as always. For those of you that don't know, a parmo is a northeastern delicacy. And it is quite literally um, chicken breasts smothered in cheese. And it is absolutely beautiful. Um, I had that with a 12-inch pizza, burger and chips, and another portion of chips, and a box of donut meat on the side. It was lovely. And he has a Chinese to come at 9 o'clock as well while we are recording. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that ain't food. We need to cut that out. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that. <laughs> I would like to apologise for those of you that are probably wondering why my co-host has decided to eat all this, he's not having it for breakfast, he's having it for dinner. We've had to record late today. The original idea was to record at half five, six o'clock this morning. But unfortunately, I stood up our beloved co-host of the Blue Day podcast. He wasn't a happy chap at all. So I would like to, on record, so everybody from Sydney to Bombay to <laughs> Wrexham can hear this, I apologise for st- for standing you up. It, it, it wasn't the first time you've been stood up. Well, um, thank you very much, Keith. Apology accepted, obviously. I did tell you this morning um, I was very pissed over it, and I got over it by about mid-morning. If anything, to be fair... Um, in the afternoon, I needed a little bit of motivation to crack on with something. So I just sort of remembered that. And all of a sudden, I had a lot of anger and motivation. So if anything, it was quite constructive. So, <laughs> But no, not a problem. Not a problem at all. It's quite nice doing it in the evening for a change. I'd agree with that. Yeah. As long as I'm not going to take the piss and do it between now and 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning. 
Oh no, I will most certainly be asleep by then. But um, let's move on with the podcast because I am very excited about this um, eleven that um, Aaron, one of our obviously yes. long-term listeners since episode one, has been listening since episode one. Thank you very much for tuning in every week, Aaron. Um, you've also um, behind the scenes been involved in a few things that um, hopefully we could be introducing to the podcast. We'll speak more about that on a future show. But um, Aaron's been helping us out a lot so thank you very much and this was his original idea and we'd love to get everybody else's opinions on um the teams that we're gonna the players that we're gonna mention now um and indeed Aaron's team and indeed your own teams and any differences or similarities there are between the two teams or anybody that you think that we glaringly missed because there are going to be 20 players that we quite glaringly missed to a lot of people so please get in touch um G, uh, the Blue Day Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. You just type in the Blue Day Podcast on any search bar anywhere and you will find us. I have another apology to make as well. Oh, another one. What's he done uh, now? Two on one show. Go on. But believe, but believe it or not, it's not to asshole TV and we will, we will explain that later on. <laughs> This apology... Highlight of the week, we're going to get to that, but that was highlight of the week. (laughs) He will be mentioned as well. My apologies to Aaron, because he first emailed me this back on the 4th of October about what's our favourite 11. So what's your favourite Chelsea 11? What's my favourite Chelsea 11? The content of the email goes, you know, what are our all-time favourite Chelsea 11s? But only players that have been around since we've supported the club. So he's listed his, which I'll go through in a minute. But obviously with me, I started supporting in 97 through the FA Cup final. Yours, Warren, was obviously a lot longer. 89-90. So I'll go through Aaron's team first Mm -hmm. and then we'll go through ours and then we'll sort of collaborate and discuss. So Aaron's one is this. He's got Petr Cech in goal. Yeah. Ashley Cole left back. JT and Marcel Desailly as the centre-halves. Yes. He's got Aspilicueta right back. He has Makaleli holding. Yeah. And he has a three in front of that with Duff on one side. Yeah. Lampard in the middle and Joe Cole on the right. And up top, he has Zola and Drogba. Well, the first thing that springs to mind, because... I we did read out his team on the uh, podcast. He'd done my teams before I was aware of Aaron's team. We did. Uh, me and Keith both tried to do that. Aaron said that he was going to be messaging in that. So me and Keith, you know, we done our, our best to sort of like get a penciled in. We've changed it slightly with reflection. But um, <clears throat> the first thing that you notice is that you cannot argue with any of those players, right? There is not a single player you can argue with. Just to to run through very quickly, you've got the record clean sheet goalkeeper for the Premier League and, you know, a record Premier League goalkeeping appearance maker for the club as well in Peter Cech. You've got Ashley Cole, who, and I've had many a conversation with many a fan of many a club from all around the world, um, the best left-back that I've ever seen in my life in Ashley Cole, the most complete left-back. Uh, ben Chilwell is a very, very rounded left back, and he's going to be, you know, potentially world class for a lot of years. I don't imagine anyone's ever going to touch Ashley Cole. Had Ronaldo in his pocket all his life, no problem. <laughs> like literally used to gesture. Do you remember when he gestured to the Man United fans? He pointed at Ronaldo he and said, "He's in my 
yes. back pocket, mate. He's in my back pocket. Like, and Ashley Cole knew what how well class everyone knows how well class Ronaldo is now, but even at the time he was, you know, a world class. So Ashley Cole, JT, Marcel Desailly. I mean, that's just a brick wall that can pass the ball 70 yards with either foot and come out on the ball. And part, but I'm just talking about both of them as an entity. JT puts a JT learns from him. lot of his development down to Frank Leberth, Marcel Desai, Emerson Tomu was a senior centre-back at the club at the time as well, he's mentioned before. Uh, but that's just a wall of class, an absolute brick wall. Dave, there's nothing needs to be said about Dave. What do you think about the back five, Keith? Because I think what would be interesting is if you sort of sort of reflect on the back five then maybe we could do our back uh, our back fives so to speak um since we've been supporting the club what did you make well of that i mean to start off with this i've got a confession to make mm-hmm. i actually did my dream team way back in 2012 2013 right so for the purpose of this particular episode, ah, we've actually done... And there's one person in particular, if you've done your dream team in 2012-2013 sort of time, there is one player in particular that's not going to make your... Since you've been a Chelsea fan, there is one player I can think of. We'll get to it, but I just wanted to throw in there that I've just thought ahead and there's a particular uh, forward well, on the left kind of Belgian player that won't make your team. In 2012-2013, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Chelsea magazine asked supporters to come up with their ultimate 11, their yeah. favourite 11 of all time. Yeah. So I thought, why not? I'll email them mm-hmm. and see if I get a response. So I emailed them back in 2012. I got a, with my 11, I got a response. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, a couple of months later, now, bearing in mind we're doing this on a Skype call, so I am now showing my co-host the evidence. My dream team is actually in the Chelsea magazine from January oh, 2013. Look at that. Wow. And I, was this, say, don't you, I was going to say, I only want to see the back five. Well, my face is actually there as well. I know, it. but I'm blocking that bit out. <laughs> So wait, sorry, who have you got right back there? Right, so I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you my team first, and I'm going to tell you how cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I didn't know about that. That's pretty cool. I'm going to tell you how the difference (coughs) is now. So in goal, Mm -hmm. I had Carlo Cudicini. Mm -hmm. Right back, Dan Petrescu. Yeah. Centre-backs, Terry and Desailly. Yeah. Left-back, Graham Lasso. Yeah, Alberto Dirac. Right midfield, Di Matteo. Is this a 4-4-2? Yes, it is. Centre mids, Lamps and Wise. Yeah. Left midfield, Joey Cole. Uh-huh. And up top, Hasselbank and Zola. Right. See, you've left that hazard because of the timing of your dream team, understandably. Well... Topper? I was more going down memory lane, and obviously the strikers that yeah. I yeah, and, and I understand that I loved I, when I was younger. The reason I understand that is because I, even with my favourite, and I, do you know what? I felt so awful leaving certain players out because I loved them to pieces. For example, without any spoilers, I left Di Matteo out of the eleven, and which is con- the man scored 
cup final goals for fun, managed us to a Champions League and an FA Cup, like represented us for years, loyal servant, loved the club, like, you know, it came to England at a time when there was a lot of foreigners coming to the game, he was the only one who spoke English and like he played with a real passion and determination. He's an absolutely fantastic ambassador for our club and I'd never have anybody else saying different, but you have to leave certain people out, but Drogba? I mean, don't get me wrong, I've left somebody out of my all-time 11 um well before we go with that i would like to make I'm not a couple get of to changes that, but... i'd like to make a couple of changes oh so that was back in 2012 when i made the but list. you've been published don't do that you've been published i have been published but i'm now <laughs> now it's right now it's right in a retraction <laughs> i'm doing listen i'm doing what all the people in the newspaper you know in, in the news media up. Though. You're putting out a load of bollocks and then writing a retraction once I'm backtracking. You're, doing, you're being a brilliant journalist. You're a fantastic journalist. Well, I should Made work for the job. Guardian. I, sh- I should work for the Guardian or TalkSport because they normally have garbage yeah. on there. Anyway, I am backtracking. Yeah, gardener. I'm replacing Cudicini with Czech. Yeah. Which is harsh on Cudicini, but I think everybody understands why you would make that decision. I'm replacing... Petrescu with Aspilicueta. Again, completely understandably. I'm replacing Wise with Makaleli. Interesting. I am replacing... There's one more I'm replacing. And that is... Is it going to be Hasselbank for Drogba? No. It's... It is Di Matteo for Mata. If Matt, we're talking favourite not, eleven, not all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair best enough. Chelsea yeah. player of all time. Yeah, and my favourite. This is what's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and I like that. And what's interesting about that, that is picking um, picking Juanmata to come into the midfield. Right, fantastic player. Right, absolutely fantastic player. Somebody who was perhaps not quite as influential, but was a similar mould to a David Silva or someone like that. You know, he's a really, really class act, Juanmata, but. It's interesting that you'd pick him ahead of Robin or Duff or, or Joe Cole or, you know, Hazard or Ramirez or Oscar or, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that there's, like, I'm not saying, there's, there's no right and wrong in this. I'm just sort of bringing up the other options in them areas. And this is what we want to hear from our listeners, you know, we want to hear you yes. telling us who you would have put where, you know, so strong take, a lot of, lot of, te- lot of technique in there and a lot of strength at the back as well. Mata reminded me when he played for us. He remi- I thought he was the next Zola. I think he could something have gone that to was an- unexpected, and I no, just think I think he could have gone to another level with us. I think he could have gone to another level with us. I, yeah. I, I think that one Mata definitely. Um, he had he he was a, a fantastic footballer. He, he yeah. was very, very entertaining to watch. He always passed the ball forward. He always wanted the ball. I think that if you look at our current crop of players, if you look at people like Mount and Loftus Cheek and Barkley and even to a large extent Gilmore and Havertz they could learn a lot from someone like Wamata he was you know yeah, terrific good choice yeah. Keith good choice and I think a lot of people would have he's one of them but this is why this is exactly I know I've just said it but this is exactly the reason I want people to get in touch because I forgot about Wamata I still wouldn't necessarily have put him in my team but he's somebody that I completely overlooked and this is why I want everyone to get because I want everyone to get a mention almost because they all just it, but. Well, this is this is another reason why I, I picked him as well because normally 
and how I see things is when a player departs a club, your reaction tells you how much they've affected you while watching them. Yeah. So certain players, you can't wait for them to leave. And when they go, you're like, thank fuck he's gone. Yeah. Other players, on the other hand, it's bastards. We should not yeah. have got rid of him. And the day we sold matter to Man United, I was pissed off. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I was pissed off for a week. The thing I is, think- the reason... I, I remember that. The reason that I was pissed off with it was because it was because Mourinho didn't like him and he sold him to Manchester United as well. There was like a double thing. It was like Matter wasn't leaving because he was out of form or he wasn't playing very well or he didn't want to be there. He wanted to carry on playing. He just didn't get the opportunity and then got sold. So that's what frustrated me a lot was the fact that he was a fan favourite and the fans wanted him to stay. However, since Matter left, I mean, we've done all right. So maybe it was the right decision, but... Still, yeah, I, I agree with you, Keith. With when, when when he got sold, I was very disappointed. I wasn't quite pissed off for a week, but I was very, very disappointed. No, I was angry because I was looking at what we had coming in, and it was the likes of I think Mo Salah came in, yeah, as a replacement, and that pissed me off because I'm thinking matters much better than Mo Salah. <laughs> this was back in this was back in 2014. Bear that in mind. Bear back in 2014. Bear in I mind, this is a guy that won we... us the Champions League. Uh, well, I. Pivotal in the Europa League, pivotal in the Europa League as well. Yes. Um, did he win a league? Did he leave before we won a league title? He did, didn't he? He never won the league with us. Did he, did he leave halfway through the season that we won it, or the season before we season won it? Before. Right. Season. Right. So he never got a win. See, that's really unfortunate. Hmm. You, know, that, you know, that's really unfortunate that he won't be sort of like recognised or remembered as for that. But then, you know, he falls into that sort of category that like you say people do have a tendency to forget about him people forget I mentioned one or two players there people forget about Oscar people oh, forget about Ramirez Oscar. and okay and okay so Oscar wasn't necessarily always the most consistent performer for us but he scored some amazing goals and he come up with important moments Ramirez was a terrific player for mm. us I was gutted when Ramirez very underrated Ramirez, with Ramirez. Ramirez. He, 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 he was he was no cool Mathalady and he still ain't no N'Golo Kante right so again I'm not disappointed he left because we went and got N'Golo Kante I'm not disappointed that Matter left because, you know, we brought in other world-class players and stuff. But, yeah, Oscar Ramirez, you know, people forget, people think that Torres had a bad time at Chelsea. His goal-scoring record wasn't that bad. And my God, did he make sure that everybody else scored a lot of goals by his movement and everything. And his, he'll work off Fernando Torres. Look at the goal that Ramirez scored that night in Barcelona. What a goal! How's that? You know, if, if Messi scored a couple of chips in his time right now, now Messi, like at like the greatest of all time, along with Ronaldo, let's say that, like at the moment, they're both the greatest, right? And he scored some amazing chips and all the rest of it. He's like trademark little chip over the goalkeeper when it doesn't look like, like he'll be. Ramirez's goal was better than that, hmm. and nobody ever talks about what an amazing goal that was. People talk about Gary Neville coming at the end, but they don't talk about Ramirez and the pass from Lampard as well. <laughs> well I think everyone's going to pick Lamps. Hmm. So that was my favourite yeah. ever. Not Strong. who I consider was the best Chelsea players of all time. That was my personal sort of favourite eleven. Warren, what about yours? Well, we'll stick with yours, and then we'll yeah, then, then we'll I, do like a best all overall eleven. Yeah, yeah, like an all time one. Yeah. So my one is, I think, fairly standard. To be fair, uh, checking goal Ivanovic at right back because I think that um, John Terry once said that he was the hardest man he ever played with and 
my dad always used a really term like a, a turn of phrase at like he coined it for Ivanovic especially and if there was like you know a Ronaldo who was trying to you know when a a, a forward will knock the ball past a defender and try and run round them and past them a bit like Gareth Bale when he scored that fantastic goal in the um, Copperdale Ray or whatever it was um, he always said it's a fucking long way round Evo because <laughs> it was a long way round him because he was quick he was powerful some of the goals he scored he scored great goals that, the goal against Napoli in the run to the final mm. Mm. you know that night when Drogba Lampard Terry and Ivanovic scored you know, and Czech was in goal, obviously, and like it was, but Evo, yeah, so Evo's got to get in there. Terry and Desai, me, you and Aaron, all the same. Absolutely, the, the pace of Desai to cover the slightly lack of pace in Terry, and but it's... I would like to mention that I'm not disparaging Carvalho here. No, Carvalho. Carvalho was a Rolls Royce of a defender. Alex Carvalho. was a beast of a defender, but. The only, the only reason that I selected Desai. Over Carvalho. Carvalho was a better player for Chelsea than Desai was in mm. a lot of ways. Um, I believe that John Terry is the greatest Premier League defender ever. However, I do believe the best play, the best defender to have ever played for Chelsea. And I know he spent a lot of time in midfield and stuff, but the best defender to have ever played for Chelsea, hands down, is Marcel Desai. I think a Desai in his prime is I can't say better because they. They offer slightly different attributes, so they're different. But I would choose a prime Desai. If he'd been playing in the Premier League for a few years as well, in his prime, and he was the fittest animal in the world, which he almost, which he was anyway, I think Desai is... I would pick Desai ahead of Terry. I know we're talking ifs and you know, maybes and things, but it is a shame that Desai left in 2004 and he didn't mm. say the one... Final season, yeah. you know, his goal. They could have retired. The he, it was yes. his goal, along with Jesper Gronkier, obviously. But it was his goal that made Roman Abramovich fly over White Hart Lane and buy Chelsea. He like, could have ended his career at Chelsea. The same could be said for Zola if he had stayed. Well, I think Zola simply. was a little bit different because he had that pre-agreement, gentleman. You know, yeah, he, he had that pre-gentleman's agreement before the, yeah, you know, the game against Liverpool. So either way, he was going to oh, go. So when, 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 Zola, when Zola left, I absolutely wanted him to go because of the reasons he was leaving, because that is the man that Gianfranco Zola is. And that is, do you know what? People talk about professionals and how people look up to them and stuff like that. As a young man, looking at that, seeing somebody being offered all this money and all this glamour and to stay at this club, but no, he's going to go and do what he promised to do. I tell you what, what an absolute role model that is and that is why Gianfranco Zola is the most universally liked Premier League footballer ever everybody Agreed. loves Gianfranco Zola don't matter who it doesn't matter even even do you know what even Tottenham fans will sit there and tell you oh yeah he's a class player wouldn't he I've had Tottenham fans sit down and say do you know what I hate Gianfranco Zola and I'm like why they're like because I love him because he's brilliant do you know what I mean so and but yeah so well, there Actually, is that goal that I put up on social media when Zola scored against Man United yes. in 96-97. When he zigzagged in between and Dennis Alex Irwin. Ferguson called in a little bugger. That little so-and-so. Ferguson always said, always said, even 
an interview he gave a couple of years ago. He said the only man he ever regretted not signing was Gianfranco Zola. Not Alan Shearer, not when he like sold Jap Sam and all the rest, blah, blah. He said the biggest mistake he ever made was not signing Gianfranco Zola. Because if Gianfranco, he said if Gianfranco Zola was in my Man United team, we would have won five in a row, not three. Alex Ferguson said that, and I don't care what any football fan anywhere else in the world says. If Alex Ferguson says it, I'm going to sit here and listen. You so know, that's so, your defence. But yeah, yeah, with Ashley Cole. Your midfield. I've gone for three in midfield. Three in midfield. Right. Um, I've gone for three in midfield, so I've gone for a holding Dennis Wise. Right. Um, because he is. He was my first Chelsea hero growing up. He was my hero from when I can remember really going to football 92, 93. That's when I, I really remember going to football, and he was there for nearly 10 years after that and he lifted the first trophies I ever saw Chelsea lift and European trophies and he was a pivotal, pivotal player in all that. He was a pivotal, he played a pivotal role in John Terry's coming through the academy as well as Michael Dubry and Jody Morris and people that are still, a lot of players that are still associated with the club. Um, He'd done a lot of fantastic things for the club and he still represents the club to it to this day. You know, he does all, all his talks and everything. He still loves the club. He still considers it, you know, his home even though he's a very proud sort of like Wimbledon boy as well, and obviously he won the FA Cup with Wimbledon. I mean, like, I'm sorry, you've got to be you've got to be in someone's team if you won the FA Cup with fucking Wimbledon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, why is he has to get in there? Lamps has to get in there. Anyone who doesn't have Lamps, I mean, even if I, I don't know how you could dislike him, but he is. I still believe that we never truly, as as supporters, we never truly appreciated what we had in Lampard. I, I don't think we ever really really truly appreciated the fact that he played 130 consecutive games in the Premier League or something and scored 211 goals for the like what the fuck are you talking about he's a midfielder these stats like he ain't playing FIFA this is real life we're talking like do you know what I mean I see them stats on FIFA and football manager I don't see them stats in real life I don't, I don't see no central midfielder not a modern day midfielder like you know Raheem Sterling 15 years ago was Iron Robin who's a left midfielder Raheem Sterling is now a striker on the left, right? I'm not talking about one of them players. I'm talking about where Paul Pogba plays right now and where Bruno Fernandes plays right now. The fuck they're getting 25 goals a season? What's all that about? Lampard has to get in there. Then I've made room on the left of that three for Gianfranco Zola. I had to squeeze him in because he's just a genius. He has to get in there. For reasons we've just discussed, yeah. Yeah. For reasons we've just discussed. Now, I've gone for a front three with... Central striker of Didier Drop. On the right, I've gone for the most naturally gifted Englishman I've ever seen since Paul Gascoigne in Joe Cole. The man who has the skills that pay the bills. And on the left, I have Eden Hazard because he's the best. He's the best player I've ever seen at Chelsea. He's the best player I've ever gone and watched live in a Chelsea show. Interesting. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. And I know it's easy to think that way about somebody that you've seen in recent times. Um, I don't say it very lightly. I have been very, very fortunate to attend a lot of Chelsea matches um, and stuff. And it's, you know, maybe there's certain players that I preferred watching on telly, perhaps. But when it comes to being in the ground, if Eden Hazard is anywhere near the pitch and the game is in play, I am looking at Eden Hazard. And to the point that I miss... So I remember going to the Chelsea-Leicester game when we lost 1-0 in December 2018, I think it was. And um, it was just after the Leicester passed away in the helicopter crash. Um, and even though we lost 1-0, I couldn't tell you anything that happened other unless Hazard was involved in it. Because 
It, I want, it wasn't like I chose consciously done it. I just watched him. He's, he's the best that I've ever seen in a Chelsea top. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will have a lot of conflicting opinions on that. But for me, he's the, the best, the most exciting, the most dynamic, the most everything. It just puts a smile on my face thinking about how fucking brilliant he is and how lucky we were to have him because the rest of the world think the same as me. You know, that's why he went to Real Madrid for 140 million. It hasn't worked out for him yet and I wish him the absolute best. I really do. But this is why the, only the best teams in the world want him. Every season for years and years and years. And he stayed with us and he was so loyal to us. You know, I know he had a bit of a season where people think that he bitched and moaned, but, but you know, Mourinho was a cock. Well, that's a debate that we will discuss, actually. I would actually like to discuss with you if we did get time, you know, next few months or even maybe say, next they, year. The, the international break. We will discuss yeah. stories like that, you know, what happened in the 15-16 season, you know, what happened with yeah. Conte. Get, get, in, get in touch, bring, remind us. Yeah, we will. There's a, lot of we will gonna, spend, there's a lot of things we're going to forget, you know, that's a good spend a podcast yes. actually doing that. So... So that's your favourite 11. That's not your yeah. all-time. That's your favourite 11. That's right. my favourite 11 since I supported the club. Right. We're now going to move on to all-time. So before we were born, yeah. since basically way back, way, way back. So I'm going to yeah. start with mine, if that's all right. Yeah. Now, for the purpose of this, I could have had... I'm going to start with the goalkeepers. I could have had Peter Benetti. Yeah, I could have even had Cudicini as I did yeah. with the uh, favourites, but because of the modern day Chelsea, because of what he represented, what he stood for, the size of the man, I had to go with checking goal. Mm-hmm. Can't like, be argued with. Can't be argued. No, it, it can't be. You know, and maybe if I was a bit older, I probably would have said no. No matter what, it would have been Peter Benetti. But because of that, it is Czech. Because of the amount of games I've been to since he was at the club, and yeah. the amount of memories that he was part of. Yeah. The amount of trophies he's lifted, and how he's actually changed the style of goalkeeping. Yeah. So my back four, and, and for that, and for that, and for those for those reasons that you've just given, if you was just to consider those factors, it's impossible not to pick Peter Jack, isn't it? So my back four, mm-hmm. Aspilicueta right back. Okay. So I know we've already had a bit of a debate on this because I know who your best right back of all time is. Well, to be well, this is something we're going to specifically discuss with position. We will talk stuff, about yeah. it in a minute. Yes. John Terry. And Ron Harris as the centre backs. Okay, yeah. So you put Chopper. I had to put Chopper in because you wanted that, and 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 you, the reason you put him at centre back and not right back because he obviously interchanged between the two quite famously, uh, and <laughs> quite famously something something that we we famously and we actually discussed it in the podcast with Chopper Harris um, last week. If you haven't got round to listening to that, <laughs> then why haven't you? But if you haven't. Then and we actually discuss a very, very famous moment in his career where he started changing over to right back. But yeah, but even if you was thinking about putting Chopper at right back, you wanted Dave at right back. Yes. Yes, fair enough. But no, Dave, Dave could have got a centre back or left back. That's the beauty of Dave. <laughs> well, he could have been my left back. Yeah. But the other left back I had to choose was Ashley Cole. Yeah. Now, 
I had to choose him because again, he's he is. I would consider him our greatest ever left back. I I can't on the top of my head. I could look at Graham Lasso, but Graham Lasso was an equal servant to the club and equally loyal and stuff and equally gave his absolute 100% best every week. The difference between Graham Lasso and Ashley Cole, Graham Lasso was a very good Premier League football footballer. Ashley Cole is the greatest left-back I've seen in 30 years. So Ashley Cole's level is just incomparable to Graham Lasso. It's, and I say that with so much respect to Graham Lasso. Please, like, if ever you hear this, Graham, please, like, you are one of my idols growing up. I watched you for so many years. So please, when you come back from Blackburn as well, do you know what I mean? You came back to your mm. proper own back down at Stamford Bridge. Mm. But... I think even Graham, he's a, I know he's a very humble, modest man. I know for a fact that Graham would put Ashley Cole at left back. I think, yeah. Yes. I think. My midfield, Makaleli. Mm-hmm. Sorry, is it 4 3 No, 4 3 3. I've changed this one. 4 3 3. 4 3 3. I was going to go for Kante, but I think overall what he's given to the club since he joined and the fact that there's a fucking position named after him. So that tells you everything that needs Kante, to be said. Kante plays the Makaleli role. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Kante plays the Makaleli role, yeah. So Makaleli, Lampard, obvious. Yeah. Yes. Bit of a surp- this may be a surprise to you, because you might not think I actually would pick him as my all-time favourite. Dennis Wise. Yeah. The thing is, why is it, if you're going to do two teams, why is he one of them players? He's a bit like Zola, and he's a bit like Drogba, and he's a bit like one or two others. He has to get in one of the two. <laughs> well, the, because he was the captain. He's equal legend. He was the captain when I saw us lift the 97 FA Cup, which got me sort of into Chelsea a lot. So I had to pick him, and he was there for 2000. He was yeah. the last ever captain to lift the, the FA Cup at the old Wembley. No and, one can take that away from him. And the Community Shield. And the Community Char- Shield. Charity Shield, it was called. Sorry, the Charity Shield. shield as, it, as it was still called, the Charity Shield. Do you remember the two scorers that day? The two Dutchmen? Of course I do. Jimmy yes. Floyd Hasselbank and Mario Melchiot. Correct. Who gave a brilliant penalty away for Wigan against Chelsea <laughs> when we were playing for the league. Well done, Mario. Gotta say, I hope I hope someone gave him a drink for that because that was an absolutely beautiful foul. We like Mario Melchior on the We do indeed. We do indeed. He, if, you, if you would like to catch him on Instagram, he's got a great Insta- Instagram account. You know, there was a yeah. picture of him with his Ajax, his Holland and Chelsea shirt and he nice. came out with the caption, which one would you pick? So, you know... Nice, nice, yeah. Top guy. Really, really top guy. Get, get, my, get, get on there and mention that we sent you over there. My front three. Yes. Now, I haven't changed this since we've had the conversation. I've cha- I actually did change this three times within the last <laughs> five hours. Hazard one side. Yeah. Zola on the other. Yeah. Drogba up top. Hazard I, had to, Hazard, Hazard I had to pick because someone of his ability was, out, for the seasons we had him, was outstanding. Mm. You know, I, I was at games where he tore apart teams single-handedly. 
completely single-handed. Single-handedly. No one else really needed to do anything. You just gave Hazard the ball and he would either dribble, assist or score. Yeah. That's it. He didn't need to yeah. do anything else. He was FIFA. Bad. He was a FIFA player. You know, the goal he scored against... You know, the goals he has scored against like, the likes of Man United. The goal against Arsenal under Conte. When he West, just Ham, sort of, West, West Ham under Sarri. Yeah. You know, uh, and goals like, under Sarri. Goals 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 Liverpool away. Liverpool away. Like, in the League Cup. The, yes. Yeah. Oh, look, do you know what, right? People like forget about that goal. Go and watch that goal, right? Watch him pick up the ball. Watch him skin a couple of people up and pass it out onto the wing and go, Actually, no, fuck that. You're shit. Give me the ball back. I'm going to go and score. And he did. He did. I've never seen anything like it. He passed the ball to, I don't even know, it might have been Victor Moses or something. It was Moses on the right side. It was Moses on the right side. It was Moses. He passed the ball out to Moses and he obviously didn't say like Moses, shit, Moses, great player. But he was like, no, actually, no, I do this by myself. And he went and got the ball back, passed it and followed his own pass and was like, no, actually, actually, no, you're not allowed the ball. Go away. I'm going to go and score. And he did. And it was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not allowed. To, like, you need to, like, I thought he should have been suspended. He was too good. You should only be allowed to play a player like that after season or something. Because it's not fair on everyone else. We we made it to a League Cup final, got in the top four and won the Europa League. Without Hazard, we probably got relegated. Like, <laughs> not far off. I mean, it was that all about Europa Hazard. League final, that Europa League final, right, will all always be remembered for the fact that we've done Gunas 4-1 and it was a brilliant performance and, like, and we won a European trophy and it you know it, it, it meant that Sarri could leave on a, on a positive note and at least if he comes back to the club I would hope and pray that you know 98-99% of the stadium would give him a fantastic reception if ever he was to come back with a different team he gave his all it might not have been we might not have liked it but he gave his all every week he was a very very passionate man and he gave his all every week and he won us. He won us a European trophy, right? I would clap Rafael Benitez for coming back. I don't like the bastard. He can go fuck himself. Stay away. Stay away from my club, right? Stay away from my club, right? But if you come back as an opposing manager, right? Why not? Why not? I'm sorry. He he won us a trophy. He assisted in us winning a trophy. I'm sorry. I have much more issue with somebody like a Gus Poyet than I do a Rafael Benitez. <laughs> I was waiting for you to mention Mr. Poyet. I was waiting I've for it. I've got much more of an issue with <laughs> Gustavo Poyet and Rafael Benitez. Rafael Benitez never had no loyalty to us, right? He's a sports person. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a career man. He's a professional person. His job is being a football manager, right? He accepted a job at Chelsea, thought he could do a job, earn his money. That's what he does, right? Respect to the man. Gus Poyet was a Chelsea player that played in front of Stamford Bridge every week for years and years and see all the Chelsea boys away every week cheering his name, winning trophies for us celebrating with us and as soon as the bastard moved to Tottenham and they done us over in that stupid Wurverton Cup fucking in the semi-final when they all thought they was going to go on a roll and start winning things but he came right over to the Chelsea fans at the end of the game right? didn't just celebrate with the Tottenham players and the Tottenham fans came over to the Chelsea fans and started beating his chest and giving it all that with a Tottenham badge and all that I've got much more of an issue Rafael Benitez had a right to hate Chelsea he fucking hated Mourinho he hated Chelsea because they had all the money and they took Called a success away from him and made him look what he was, which was shit, right? I can understand Benitez hating Chelsea. That's part of football. Poyet can go fuck himself. Anyway, it was a good 11. Is Mr. Poyet on your shit list? I wouldn't even put him on my shit list. Does he go with Chris Sutton and Andy Townsend? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same bracket, same bracket, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely same. Maybe worse because you went to Tottenham. <laughs> at least, at least Sutton, at least Sutton left the country. Even if it was only to Scotland, like he still left the country. Do you know what I mean? Gus Poet didn't even move house. Probably still, his, probably still had his winners' medals from Chelsea whilst he's giving it all that with a Tottenham badge at the Chelsea fans. Again, not celebrating with the Tottenham fans, not celebrating with the Tottenham. Players. Do you know what I mean? Not being like you know happy that he's just made it to a to a final with a team that you know. I mean, making it to a, a final with Tottenham, you deserve a fucking medal anyway, don't you? But like, I can understand that he's got carried away in a moment. Luiz got carried away when he came back with Paris Saint-Germain, but there was a he went and celebrated with his fans. Poyet came over to us, the away end, that hadn't been let, let out the ground because of crowd trouble. We had to sit there and watch the bastards celebrate. And he came over and done it right in front of us. It's a fucking mug. He didn't make my, he didn't make my 11, I can assure you of that. Mr. Poyet, if this does reach you in, in due course, uh, right. I would just like to announce that the views that my co-host has given out to you is not shared by the Blue Day podcast, I can assure you of that. Uh, oh, no, they're absolutely my own independent opinions, of course, of course. That the old wanker, my opinion is. As I've said before, his views are his views, not the Blue Day podcast views. We do... He did Respect. score some good goals for us. Like he was a good player with us. It's got to be said. Fair's fair. Like you know, what I mean, I'm a I'm a logical person. If like, do you know what I mean? He scored that goal. He scored against Sunderland when Zola flicked it up for him on the first day when we beat him four 0 in maybe two thousand or something, ninety nine two thousand. Um, and he scored like a scissor kick in the top corner. How many people can say that they've scored against the the great Manchester United of the nineties? In less than one minute. In a 5-0. In a 5-0 win, which was fabulous to watch. Do you remember Jody I remember, Morris? What, I, I remember watching that. Do you remember Jody, Jody Morris? Morris' iconic... That's right, bone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, <laughs> proper tangent. Right. So, yeah. So, so all-time all time 11. Let's go with Mine yours. Is... All-time 11. Mine's, mine's pretty different. No, half the team's the same. It still seems really different, though. So I went with Peter Benetti in goal. And the reason, the only reason I went for Benetti was because he played more games. It was the only way I could pick between the two. I didn't pick Benetti because I picked Czech in the first one. Um, if I was born in 1970, 1970, I've been watching Chelsea since the 70s, I would have picked Benetti in both of my teams. Mm. Because he played so many games for the club. He also played against Leeds in the second game, the replay uh, that we discussed with Chopper last week with like essentially a broken leg since about the fourth minute. He was like, you know, uh, again, like I said with Czech, you, you're not wrong. I can't, I don't think that Benetti is right and Czech is wrong. It's just, I went with Benetti. <laughs> um, actually, Cole at left back, left centre back. I've gone for a 4 4 2 with my formation. Right. I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit more classic because there was the older players in there. So I thought I'd go for the classic formation, the oh. only formation there was back then, which was the four four two. Um. So Ashley Cole and JT on the left hand side. Uh, David Webb at centre back. Uh, rock Ooh. solid. Absolutely rock solid. Is when you talk about the seventies and people talk about Osgood and Chopper Harris and Peter Benetti and people like people forget that David Webb was there for a lot of years and managed the club and done a lot of stuff. Behind behind the scenes when he retired and stuff, and scored the winning goal the first time we ever won the FA Cup. So 
I think that that one was worth so many brownie points that he managed to get in there. Chopper Harris at right back, uh, where he famously moved for the FA Cup final replay so that he could... Good choice. Uh, so that he could boot Eddie Gray about. And as he said on the podcast last week, he actually got presented with a studs that he left in his fucking kneecap. Um, which was really funny. He went all the way to Leeds and had a presentation. That's fantastic. Um, on the right-hand side, I've got Charlie Cook. Um, my dad has spoken about Charlie Cook to me, the way that I will speak to add Eden Hazard to generations of football fans after me. Um, my dad always raved about Charlie Cook just being the most complete and amazing winger that he'd ever seen. Chop Harris kind of backed that up last week and a lot of other Chelsea legends have said it. So I'll put Charlie Cook in there because I think that he's one of them players that will probably get overlooked by so many, even incredibly knowledgeable Chelsea fans. I think that he'll get overlooked looked because he played in a time that had Chop Harris and Osgood who kind of took the limelight a bit um, so yeah absolutely I've got Charlie Cook in there um, in midfield I've got Frank Lampard and Alan Hudson Alan Hudson yeah, yeah, good I, choice yeah I think Alan Hudson would come in and you know wrap a few baseball bats around people whilst Lampard scored all the goals um, on the left I've got Eden Hazard because like I say he's the best player that I've ever seen in a Chelsea top I couldn't I've got Hazard in there instead of Zola it was a straight up choice it doesn't mean that Frank Gianfranco Zola isn't still one of my he was in my original you know since I've been alive and everything but to me it boiled down to who would I rather have in my team in their prime and I would pick Hazard just like but I would pick him um up front I've gone for the most menacing and terrifying looking two sets forwards that you've ever seen in your fucking life in Peter Osgood and Didier Drogba I'd have a day off if I see them two on the other I'd have an injury you see Pulisic, you see Pulisic the other week you probably didn't fancy you know everyone says about a cold Tuesday night in Stoke and now they say it about Burnley maybe Pulisic didn't fancy Burnley the other week that would be me <laughs> against Osgood <laughs> I'm telling you because what are you going to do against either of them what can you do to stop them two? Because between them, they're 13, and 13 foot, 20, 30 stone, probably 15 stone each. Uh, Didier Drogba could run the 100 metres in 11 seconds. Peter Osgood was the most technically gifted in terms of his touch of a generation. You know, that's absolutely terrifying. But there are a couple of players that we've... Missed out. I mean, if you look back, people people talk about Jimmy Greaves' career. Um, he's got an unbelievable amount oh, for Chelsea. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Tamblin, who obviously Frank Lampard has only just recently broken his record in... When did he break it? 13, wasn't it? Yes, he was, yes. 2013 uh, against Aston yeah, Villa away. Yeah, the two goals he scored, yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, who set him up for the tapping? Eden. Eden, Eden. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and also, another a thing that you know talk about Lampard and Drogba making sort of like both of most people's since they've been alive and all-time 11s you would imagine Lampard and Drogba make them Didier Drogba still swears blind to this day he never would have scored a goal in the Premier League if it wasn't for Frank Lampard setting him up every week mm. <laughs> so um yeah um there's a few like I say Bobby Tamblin, Jimmy Greaves that um we hadn't mentioned Kerry Dixon um Alan oh, there's, there's plenty of top Alan, players. Alan, Alan Houseman, there's Hutchinson. Oh, my, like, like you say, there are so many. Rude Hullet. Rude Hullet, Ray Wilkins. Jan, Jan Luca, Gianluca Viali. 
Glenn Hoddle. People Gavin like people talk like people don't remember people like Gavin Peacock, right? Now when we lost the ninety four cup final against Man United, we'd beaten Man United twice that season, one nil, both games. Gavin Peacock has scored the only goal. Gavin Peacock kicked the bar at nil nil. If that had gone in, we would have psychologically won that game in the cup final in ninety four. But yeah, Gavin Peacock, John Spencer, Terry Phelan, Erlen Johnson, he should be in the National Diving Olympics, mate. I'm telling you, I like the Olympics or something. Do you remember that dive against Leicester in 1990? Yes, I remember. I, remember. I was there. I was in the bottom of the Matthew Harding stand. I'd have been nine years old, right? And I didn't know what had happened. I saw the ball up the other end of the pitch. I saw Chelsea players there and all of a sudden everyone started celebrating. I thought we had scored. So I'm like, yeah, what well, I'm going absolutely mental because I couldn't see a thing. I was nine years old at the back of the Matthew Harding stand. I couldn't see a thing. And the next thing I know, we've got a penalty. So I thought that was to make it 2-0 and I didn't know until the next day when I heard it on the radio in the morning before I went to school I was like it finished 2-0 what are they on about and I had a massive row with my mum about the fact that it was 2-0 and it wasn't it was 1-0 <laughs> I don't think I've ever been wrong about football in my life it's like the only time I was like it was fucking 2-0 obviously I wasn't saying that it was 9 I was like no it was 2-0 I saw two goals no you saw the penalty get awarded and then the goal <laughs> Sorry, happy memories. But yeah, there's a lot of players that we haven't mentioned, and please get in touch with us and tell us who we forgot. Yeah, if you feel that we've missed out on somebody that we should have mentioned, whether you know whether it's someone like, as you said, Frank LeBeouf, Essien, John Obi Mikel, Essien. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the names I, at the moment. I am Robin. I do like. By the way, it's, I, I, very quickly, I just wanted to reflect on the uh, the end of there was one player in particular I wanted to reflect on in Aaron's um, favourite 11 which was Damien Duff because he was a very very good player for us and there was at that time that it was like him and I and Robin and Sean Mike Phillips and Joe Cole and all the rest of it and we had these fantastic wingers um, when we moved from a 4-4-2 to a 4-3-3 under Jose and that uh, Damien Duff was a quality player for sure and the thing is we've, we've- Diego Costa. Diego Costa. Let's have it right just for a second, yeah? We're going to mention proper geezers. Let's talk about Diego Costa. Premier League bully, which you don't get now with strikers. Since Drogba. <laughs> we were so lucky. Mm. Mm. And they all love scoring against Arsenal. How brilliant is it that they all scored loads of goals against Arsenal? Nicholas Anelka. Florent Maluda. Salomon Kalou. This is this is the trouble that we've had, listeners. This is probably part of the reason it's almost taken a month to do it because <laughs> me, and Keith have, me and Keith have tried to discuss it without telling each other the other person's team and like, do you know what I mean? Without let, get, no spoilers, kind of thing. We have been but, thinking about it a how, lot. Yes. How many players? Like, like, there's just so many that we've missed out. Like, I mean, Ed De Hoy, Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes, yeah, Scott Minto, Steve Clark, legend, like. Proper oh, legend, Steve. Like, went on to do great things with the club afterwards as well. Got us out of a few holes. We could go on forever mentioning the players. We, we could. Just we mention can't. the players. No, I know we can't. We can't, which is why I think it's best if we did end it there. But our overall 11s will probably change throughout the coming years, more than likely. Hopefully, with the new crop of Chelsea young there, hopefully, you know, they will... What's the word I'm looking for? Word my, my mind's gone completely... Blank. Hopefully, their performances and the amount of trophies that they hopefully will win will, will in- put them at the same level yeah, as it will have an impact on our choices. Absolutely, yeah, 
Absolutely. So, so it'll probably change. There's it, a couple of the team right now that are bald alone close. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. So yeah, absolutely. We will actually do this maybe this time next year, maybe even two years time. We'll see if our <laughs> opinions <laughs> change. The team, yeah. But we we'll would like. The team we, goes, yeah. we would like all of your suggestions so we will be putting this up on our social media platforms so we would like to hear from you fellow Chelsea supporters within the next coming weeks what is your favourite Chelsea 11 your favourite Chelsea 11 and who you consider your all-time Chelsea 11 so if you wish to get in touch with us it is at the blue day podcast at gmail.com or if you can't be bothered to email us lazy you can also reach us on the likes of Facebook, Instagram. We have, do have a Twitter account now. Yes, it's taken a while, but we do have a Twitter account now. So you feel free to to find us, like us, subscribe Absolutely. to us, do whatever you need to do to support the Blue Day podcast because the feedback we've received, I will mention this quickly, Warren, before we yes. shoot off. The feedback we've received with the Ron Harris interview has been fantastic. The the amount of praise. Well, all all round. I mean, not just not just the Ron Harris. I mean, obviously, in particular, the last few days, the Ron Harris interview. But just the general feedback that we've been getting from people has been really, really good. I mean, the YouTube numbers are quite high. I mean, um, what helps a lot is if you like and subscribe. I mean, I know that we mention it on every show, and we're probably doing your heads in with it. But the more likes and subscribes that we get, the more perks and attributes that we get from YouTube and the more we can access its top features and we can start doing more live videos and start doing more. We can do more for you guys, basically, is what it is. Um, so if you can get on that, I know there was a comment in particular the other day on Facebook from Steve Martin, who is, I believe he's been around <laughs> since the start, hasn't he? He's been around since and he and he left a, a really, really nice review. You know, he said that, you know, great, great job with a Chopper Harris interview. He was Obviously, brilliant listening to the great man. Um, you guys done a really good job as well. Um, he said that also there was there was one thing he particularly said that was really, really funny that I'm going to get to. But he did, he did also, there was something very specific that I wanted to point out. He said that he'd become very disillusioned with football and he'd become very disillusioned with the corporate greed and the, the new influx of fans and their, you know, the way they support their club being slightly different and perhaps being, you know, not to his liking. And I have a tendency to sort of agree with some of his points. And he said that it was really refreshing to listen to two really, really passionate, knowledgeable Chelsea fans. And he just said that it had, you know, maybe like kickstart a bit of a fire in his passion for football and stuff. And that is, that for me and Keith, that was just so humbling and so lovely to read. So thank you very much, Steve Martin. And he did also refer to the fact that when we were talking about Arsenal TV on a yeah. recent podcast that we done, and it was just, it was a very, very, simple thing that he did and it probably wasn't that funny it was probably one of them things you had to sort of read it at the time but Keith sent me the comment over on WhatsApp and it was like with regards to Arsenal TV and it was just so blunt and so it was like he was just writing like a really professional email and he was writing something really articulate Arsenal TV and it was just Steve thank you it made my day <laughs> that I can't was... top that can I actually no. What I will say is I'd like to also thank the family of Ron Harris for their feedback on the interview as well. Really appreciate their comments. Warren, we are going to be back on Sunday to review the Newcastle game. Yes. Most definitely. And 
A game that I can a game that I cannot go to and I live less than fifty miles away from St James's Park. I live three hundred miles away from Stamford Bridge. The one time of the year that I can jump on one train. You finished? Yeah, sorry, Bastard. Finished. No, no, that's absolutely fine. Enjoy the rest of your week and carefree. Podcast Network.